Commitment in Christ. Turn in your Bibles to Acts 17.28, please. It says uh, right here in Acts 17.28, For in him I live, I move, I am. Okay? Now before that it said, For in him we live, we move, we exist, or we are. But I like to say, in him I live, I move, I am a Christian. I am talking about commitment in Christ. Serving the Lord with a happy heart. Amen? Is everybody smiling? Okay. You see... Uh, I was a pastor once in America for many years. And I love people. I know people. And I want the best for you. And I am not, please understand, I am not talking down to you. I am just talking with you. Okay? Because like I said, I put my pants on just like you do every morning. I put them on one leg at a time. And I pull them up and I buckle my belt, just like you do in the morning. Amen? And so I have to do the very same thing that I'm talking to you about today. Maya Sawa and I, we could not have come to the Philippines and been on missions work here if we were not committed to Christ. The reason we are here is because we're committed to Christ, you see? To serving the Lord. It is that simple. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Is that when we decide to do something for the Lord, that's when your faith is in operation. And when your faith is in operation, that's when God, He does something. You do something, He does something. Amen? So we decided, yes, we are committed to come to the Philippines. Even Maya Sawa, she had not been here the last two years. Oh, yes, I talked to Pastor Tim about that. It was very hard, but she stayed home. It was hard for her to stay home. She loves the Philippines. She wanted to come to the Philippines, but she could not come. She stayed home. I came anyway, and I was blessed, and she was blessed because I was here. It took much commitment. So when I speak about commitment, I am trying to do it too. And we are not perfect. We will make mistakes. Sometimes we make mistakes. You know, I'm not perfect. Ask Maya Sawa, she'll tell you. Okay? Isn't that right? Am I perfect? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, she says. Sometimes I'm perfect. Sometimes I'm not perfect. Okay? But when I make a mistake, I try to learn from my mistakes. And sometimes when people make mistakes, they stop serving the Lord. They stop being committed to Christ. I say, don't do that. Serve the Lord. Be committed to Christ. Now, this says here in this, in this scripture, it says... For in him we live, we move, we are. We exist. And I'm so happy 
that we do live. I'm so happy that we move. You know, if you're not moving, if you're not moving, if you're not doing something, if there's no motion, guess what? You are dead. Yeah, that's right. Somebody's pretty smart here. Yeah. <laughs> Someone, some, some guy, smart, some really smart man told me one time, he said, he said, David, make sure that you keep moving. And I said, okay. He says, you know why? And I said, why? He said, because I've never been to a funeral yet where they're moving. So keep moving. Amen? So in him I live. In him I move. In him I am a Christian. So that's who we are. Right? I could talk about this all day long. I get so excited about that. Now that we found out who we are, let's look at what we should do. Okay, turn down, if you would, just go on down to uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And I have uh, 1 through 3 written down there. That's because when you go home tonight, you read all three verses, okay? But for time's sake, I want to read 1. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Uh, we'll kind of... Uh, we'll kind of break this down a little bit, okay? This ought to be kind of fun. <clears throat> See, it says, uh, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, I urge urge you urge i urge i push you i'm pushing you okay i'm urging you he says it kind of makes it sound a little important it's very important i'm urging you to do this i'm serious about this okay that's my david translation okay I urge you to do this. I really want you to do this, brethren. Brethren means he's talking to us. Okay? I'm, I'm just breaking this down individually. Okay? In the first service, I didn't do this. Brethren, I urge you. What? Everybody? Brethren. Everybody say brethren. brethren. Turn to somebody and say, he's talking to me. Now turn to somebody else and say, he's talking to you. Okay. I urge you, brethren. And then he says, by the mercies of God. Oh, you know, I love the mercies of God. So that takes us and that puts us in a good place right there. Now we're in a good place. Now we're in a, now we're in a place, you know. Now we're in a good place. You know, what's a good place for you? What is a good place? Is a good place where you're sitting there and you have a whole plate of enipoi? And you have mangoes? Is that it? Is that your, is that your good place? 
a nice breeze blowing on you? What is your nice place? What's your, he says, I urge you by the mercies of God, a good place, to present your bodies. Now you have to do something with your body. I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies. Now we have to do something with our bodies. What are we going to do with our bodies? We're going to present them. It's kind of like giving, right? We're going to give. It says, give your bodies or present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Holy, holy sacrifice. Not just worldly, but holy. In other words, godly. Amen? And also, not dead, but alive. In him we live and move and have our be That's that song for that scripture. We live. We're alive. Amen. We're moving. We're moving. So he says, present your, your body a living and holy sacrifice. Now, let's look at this. It says it's acceptable to God. Make sure that it's acceptable to God. In other words, take care of your life. Make sure that your life is acceptable to God. As you present it to God, make it acceptable to God. Someone told me this one time, and it kind of shook me. It made me think. They said, if you love Jesus, then you don't want to do anything to make him sad. That's pretty simple, isn't it? You see, sometimes we try to make Christianity so complex, you know? Don't we? Oh, do this. Oh, do that. Oh, do this. Oh, be like that. Say this. Read that. Pray this. Pray this way. Go there. Stay the toy, you know? All this stuff. Go with Jai. Stay the toy. Go with Jai. Stay the toy. We do all of these things, and we make it so complicated. And sometimes it's just so simple. I'm just being honest with you, you know? Sometimes I almost get mad. I should not get mad. But sometimes I almost get mad. I said almost, okay? It means I almost do, but I don't, okay? But sometimes I almost get mad because people try to make Christianity into some kind of formula, you know, like you're making something. You're mixing this and this and this and this and this. And then it's going to explode, you know. Or you'll make rocket fuel. I don't know. But it's not. It's very simple. If you love Jesus, then you'll try to do everything that's good and try to do nothing that makes him sad. But I'm just trying to tell you that you know, you got to do those things that are acceptable. Then he says here in the same verse, which is your spiritual service of worship. Spiritual, we're talking about our body, but it also says that it's spiritual. Woo! It's spiritual, everybody. Woo! 
It gives me goosebumps. You know, I feel them right there. But I thought it was talking about our body. But it says it's spiritual. What I say is this. When you're serving the Lord, whether you're taking care of children or you're feeding the poor or you're helping build someone's house or you're agreeing with someone in prayer, preaching the word, whenever you're doing something for the Lord, it is all, it is all, everybody say all. It is all spiritual. It is all spiritual. Whenever you grow the kingdom of God, no matter what you're doing, it is spiritual in nature. You understand? Don't ever think that the things that you do with your hands are less spiritual than when your pastor is studying the Bible to present his message. Because everybody has a gifting and ability. Everybody. That is what he's saying there. Is that everybody has a body that they can use for the Lord. Amen? Everybody. Now, not everybody has a special gifting like me. Not everybody can talk on Donald Duck. I can do it all day long. I can say the Pledge of Allegiance in the American flag in Donald Duck. I can sing all your songs in Donald Duck. I can tell you a joke in Donald Duck. You know, I can do all those things. That's my special gifting. I have other abilities, okay? It's not my only special gifting. Most generally speaking, everybody has very many abilities. Amen? Not just one. You have many abilities. God has made you special. Each and every one of you. You might say, I'm nobody. I'm not special. There's nothing about me that's special. I'm just nobody. No, that's the way you're thinking. That's the way you thought. You see? Uh, I like to say it this way. You know, there's many, many scriptures in the Bible that talk about thinking, you know. Think on these things that are above and not the things on the earth, for your life is hidden with Christ in God. Any, you know that scripture? Your life is hidden with... Think on the things above, not the things on the earth. Think on the things that are pure and honest and of good report. Those things like that. That's what it says. It says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. In other words, don't get prideful. I kind of understand that it's very important how we think. That's what I've come to find out. One of my philosophies of life is I think that most young men, they don't really have a brain until they're 25 years old. <laughs> that they're basically either insane or they just don't have a brain until they reach 25. Then somehow they get a mind. They get a brain. Really. And, uh, or maybe it's 28 years old they get a brain. I don't know. Maybe 30. But I'm guessing 25. Okay? I know I didn't have a brain when I was 22. Until I was about 22. I didn't have a brain. No way. 
with some of the crazy decisions that I made in my life, I did not have a brain. You know, there's no way. I did some of the stupidest, dangerous things in my life, you know. It's just by the grace of God that I'm alive, you know. Then when I got to be about 25, I thought, what am I doing? Wake up. Be careful. I have a life to live, you know. No more of this drinking and smoking and and partying and, you know, doing nutty, crazy, driving crazy and things like that. No more of that. I got my mind, you know. Now, it was the Lord that changed my life. Amen. So what we think, what I'm sharing here is what we think is important. And, and this has to do with being a committed Christian. Do you understand? Because many people limit their service to the Lord by the way they think. For instance, as a young child, maybe your parent told you you were stupid. Or that you would never be anybody. Or that you are a problem. Or, or heaven forbid, maybe your parents told you that they did not love you. And they rejected you. And they would not spend time with you and talk to you. And so as you grow older, that's what you think you are. I'm just nobody. I'm nobody. I ain't going to be anybody. My father told me I was no good. So I'm no good. We have to understand that people are going to say mean things to us. They're going to lie to us. They're not going to tell you the truth sometimes. And also, the world is not going to be good to us. And then also, here's a big one. The devil will lie to us in our mind. He will give us a thought that is a lie. And I'm telling you, our emotions are not always real. What we think is not always the truth. We might think it's the truth, and it might be a big, 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 fat lie. Right from hell. But we believe it. You know, a philosophy is, is that truth... To you is what you believe. If you believe something to be truth, then to you it is truth. You understand? That does not mean that it is truth. And the reason that I say that feelings are not always true is that feelings can always change. They do, don't they? One minute, we are just... Did you see what that person said and did to me? You know, and we let that affect us for a long, long time. Amen? It might even change our future. It might stop us from serving the Lord because someone said something. I'm telling you, that's not the truth. See, the truth is this. The truth is that in Him I live, I move, I am a Christian. 
It does not matter what they say. I've had people tell me bad things. I've grown up because I'm moving on for the Lord. I can't live by what other people think about me. I live according to what this. This is the truth. This. Not the words. This. This is the truth. And when I have good feelings that are going to do good things serving the Lord, you see, not all feelings are bad. Especially if they are by the Holy Spirit and they agree with the Word of God. You can serve the Lord with much wisdom with your feelings. Okay? Let's keep this balanced. But when I have bad feelings and I let them limit me serving the Lord, that's wrong. I am not receiving the truth and I am not living by faith. I'm living by my feelings. And my feelings will change. If I bring a little boy up here and I sit him in this chair right here and I start talking to him and and he's going to get real happy. All of a sudden he's real happy. And then if I kick the chair like that and he falls off and he gets hurt, he's sad for the rest of the day. His feelings go up and they go down. They go up and they go down. But they're not real. You see? People who live according to their feelings all the time are always looking back. Do you understand? Because most of the time they're going to be in fear. And so if you're going to live according to your feelings all the time instead of faith, you're going to be walking backwards, trying to go forward. Because you're looking backwards. So you're going to be walking backwards, trying to go forward. You understand? What's going to happen to you? You may fall, right? Amen? When I was a pastor, one of the most disappointing things to me was that I would see people who would serve the Lord like this. One foot in and one foot out. How are you doing, Johnny? Oh, I'm doing good. I got one foot in and one foot out. And then when things would get bad, then, boy, they were out. Whoo! Well, Johnny, help us out. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to go take care of my also. Sorry. My also is sick. I've got to go. And they would not serve the Lord. Then when things were good, oh, they were in again with one foot. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see? And Johnny was miserable because Johnny was not blessed. You see? All Johnny was doing was going according to his feelings. If he felt good about things, then he had one foot in. If he felt bad about things, then he got both feet out and he could be up here doing whatever he wanted to. He had his freedom. Let me tell you, folks, if you live according to your feelings all the time, let me ask you this question. Do you think that God is going to make you happy all of the time? 
do you think that God is going to make you be comfortable all the time? No. Because in the times when you are not comfortable, maybe you're not happy, that is when you can use your faith. That's when you use your faith. You see, you might not be happy. That's okay. Use your faith and believe the truth. Don't believe your feelings. In other words, it's like this. The thing that I love about being a Christian, okay? This is one thing I love about it. Is that being a Christian means that I always have a tomorrow. It says, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Amen? So we have, as a Christian, we have a future. Don't we? We have a future and a hope. Before I knew Jesus, I don't know what I had. I really don't know what I had. Have you ever thought about that? You need to think about these things. What did you have before you were a Christian? Did you really have anything? But after we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and I pray everyone here is a Christian. You see, I'm ministering to the church. I can do a crusade if you want me to. But I'm my pastor heart, I minister to the church. I want to see you do the best you can do. I want to see you be blessed. And you know, if you don't if you don't let go of the way things were, the past and look to the future and see that you have a future and a hope and know that you have a tomorrow, then you cannot live 100% committed. It's hard. You understand? It's hard. The sun is going to come up tomorrow. It's going to come up. It'll get in a poodoot. And, and then it'll go down. And then you'll go to sleep. And then the next morning, the sun will come up. It'll get in a poodoot again. And then it'll go down. And then, then you'll go to sleep. And then the next morning, it's going to come up again. We always, I love it being a Christian because I always have a new day. I love that. Maybe today is not the best, although today is a good day. But tomorrow, I always have a hope and a future. Amen? Always live like that. You see, that is why your pastor has a church here. That is why he serves the Lord, because he has a hope and a future. And he marries a lovely woman here, Bambi. And they have a lovely son, Zion, yes. And now he gets to go to glory land in Texas. <laughs> uh, you just ask, he's a Texan, so I know he likes Texas, but... He loves the Philippines, too. He's been here many, many years serving the Lord here by serving you. Amen?
And we're blessed to go other places too. But you have to know that you have a future and a hope. That's part of your motivation. Now let me show you here. Let's look at three things that a committed Christian can do. Number one, I believe that a committed Christian will make sure that they preserve the bond of unity and love in the local church. Like this church, SFCC, that if you're committed to Christ, you will do whatever it takes to keep the unity of the church. Because keep understand this, wherever you have unity and love, that's where the spirit of the living God is. You understand? And we all love the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, the Holy Spirit, He loves love and unity. Amen? So when you're praising and worshiping the Lord and agreeing in prayer and loving each other, the Holy Spirit is here. He's in us. He's here. He's moving and He's speaking to us. And He's giving us power to overcome the evil one. Amen? Do you understand that? I'm telling you that's the truth. There is power in agreement. Jesus said where two or more are gathered together in my name, I am there. And we know that if Jesus is there, he's going to do something good. Yes, he will. Yes. And when he does something good, we are all blessed. Amen? Powerful, huh? So a committed Christian will do that. Number two, I'm just giving you three things, you know. It's not complicated. Number two, a committed Christian will safeguard their reputation. Yes. In other words you'll understand that it's important what other people think you are. You see, other people will, they'll always judge you. Jesus said people will judge you. Right? Didn't he? He said people will judge you, didn't he? And sometimes they'll never, ever forget. You remember when I knocked you out of that tree when we were both 10 years old? You're holding that against me? I remember one time when I was 10 years old, and my cousin Jeffrey, I, when I was 10 years old, I was this high, and my cousin Jeffrey, he was this high, okay? And I was very mean. I was an ornery little boy. I mean, I was mean. And my cousin Jeffrey, he was sitting up on a big fence. You know, you know, fence, wooden fence, just sitting up there. He wasn't bothering anybody. He was just sitting up there enjoying life, you know. And, uh, of course, me, I walk by, and I see him up there on that fence. And then I look down on the other side of the fence, and there's some pigs over there, some oink oinks. Over there on the other side of the fence. And there was a big mud hole. Big water hole there. So I go running over there and I pushed him like this. He went flying off the fence and landed splat right into the middle of the mud hole. 
He was muddy from one end to the other, you know. And all me and all my friends, we laughed and laughed, and we thought it was so funny. And he had to go home crying, you know, to his mother. And he was so upset. That's when we were 10 years old. He was the same age as me. Well, then when we got to be about 13, 14 years old, well, I didn't grow so much. But my cousin Jeffrey, he grew. <laughs> he got big. Yeah. It was like, hi, Jeffrey. One day, he wanted to fight. Yeah. And he says, I says, Jeffrey, what are, you, what, are you, what are you mad about? What's the problem? What's the problem? He says, you remember that one day you pushed me over into that mud? Yeah. He did not forget. Yeah. And, oh, did I pay? Ooh, he hit me right on the top of my cowbow. Man. So, uh, don't, people don't forget, do they? Your reputation is important. You need to guard and protect your reputation. Guard and protect it. Because that is your tool to witness to the world. Understand? It's kind of like having a tool in your hand, and you can use that tool for the glory of God. But if you break your tool, or if you lose your tool, how can you do the job? Amen? And I'm telling you this. We must always be ready to witness. You never know when you will be used. Isn't that right, Sister Dang? You never know when you will be used for the Lord. You don't. How would I, Do you always know? You're pretty smart. I want to get to know you if you do know. Because there's sometimes I'm just like doing something and all of a sudden, here's somebody that I'm sharing Jesus with. Bang, that fast. Yeah. And if I don't share Jesus with them, what if that's the, the last day of their life? What if it is? It's important. Eternity is important. So your reputation is important. Take care to guard your reputation. And if you've made mistakes in the past, then it's your job to correct those mistakes and make it right and move on. Move on. Don't worry about it. Once you ask forgiveness for your sins, move on. Get over it. Okay? That's why the Bible says don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Don't think you're up here when you're really just right here, okay? You're no big deal. But in Jesus, we are a big deal, right? Some people, they think they are a big deal. They're not. They can fall fast, and they can fall hard because of their pride. Just take care of your reputation Repair it and move on. It's okay. I'm telling you something that's important here. Do it with a smile on your face. Some of you, you're sitting there and you're thinking, I've done some pretty bad things. 
my reputation is pretty bad. Well, the guy who wrote the Bible here that we're reading out of Acts, the guy who wrote that book, Paul, he was terrible. He was a terrible person. You would not have liked Paul. He was such a terrible person that he loved to see Christians put to death. Men, women, and children. He loved to see it. He would bet on it. It was a delight to him. Amen? But Jesus got a hold of his heart. Now, when we're talking about the third thing is to plant, water, and harvest. Plant, water, and harvest. Now, there are some other things on my notes here. You study, okay? I'm showing you what the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you today, okay? Is that, is that understood? Amen? Every Christian is doing this if they're serving the Lord. You are either planting or you're watering or you're harvesting something of the Lord. Blessings, salvation, prosperity, futures, prayer. You are doing something for the Lord. You are planting it, watering it, or harvesting it. And one person might plant, and another person might water, and another person might harvest. Read that. That's what it's saying there. It's not your responsibility to do it all. Do your part. Just do your part. When you leave here today, just convince in your head to let the past go, to serve the Lord and do your part. And if someone asks you what you're doing, you can say, well, I am a Christian, so I'm either I'm planting or I'm watering or I'm harvesting. I'm, that's what I'm doing. And, oh, it's such a blessing when you get to harvest. It's such a blessing. But if we have to plant, that's okay. If you plant here, that's okay. If you water, that's okay. Watering is a lot of work. Carrying that water. The water of the word, prayer, encouragement, doing things for people, serving people. That's hard. Amen? This church's future depends upon it. Do you know that? You know, this church, its future does not depend upon Pastor Tim or Sister Dang or Ping or anybody. This, this church's future is dependent upon you. You understand that? It's you. Now, let me show you one more thing here in closing, okay? And this is probably, of the things I'll share today, it's probably the most important, is that when God looks at you, He looks at you to see what kind of a person you are. And Jesus said, judge the fruit, didn't He? So what kind of fruit do you produce? And when I look at my friends, the people that I have for friends are the ones who are dependable. They're faithful. When I ask them for help, they're there. They don't have excuses. They're there. They're my friends. 
And I like my friends. And my friends like me. And if they need me, I'll be there. I'm dependable. You see? Well, I think that's what God asks of a committed Christian. Is that they be 100% committed. Now, you know, when you're 100% committed, let's balance this. If you're 100% committed, it's not just to God. Okay? If you're 100% committed, that means you're 100% committed to your marriage. It means you're 100% committed to your family, to your children. It means you're 100% committed to being a good employee. It means you're 100% committed to living a good life, an honest life. The same person that you see here is the same person that you would see in a private room. 100% commitment. You see, it's not just what you do out there with your hands. That's work. We're serving the Lord. It's not just that. 100% committed to Christ is also your relationship to God. Because if God has your heart, he's not worried about what you do. He's not. If he has your heart, if he can get your heart, he knows that what you do will be good. So always work on your relationship with your father. Be 100% committed to that as you serve the Lord with your works. Faith without works is dead, amen? Right? We are righteous, right? Why are we righteous? Because he lives in our hearts and he makes us righteous. We don't make ourselves righteous. He makes us righteous. And we have a relationship with him based upon that righteousness. Righteousness simply is a definition of righteousness is I have right standing before God. Righteousness. I can stand right before God. That's what that means. So you all have righteousness. Serve the Lord and be glad. Be glad. Just, just serve him and be glad. Amen? So my friends are faithful. They're dependable. Now, if we are dependable, then I believe God can trust us. If you have a dependable friend, a faithful friend, then you can depend upon him. You trust him or her. Right? They will do what they say they will do. So God can trust us if we are faithful. Yes, he can. He can trust us. And if he can trust us, then he will, as it says, use us. He will use you. If he can trust you, he can use you. And then if he can use you, then he can bless you. Amen? And he will bless you. You see, blessings are similar to rewards. And God operates in his laws. His laws are sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. Amen? Work and rewards. And what's a blessing is, is that here on this earth, 
we receive rewards. We're blessed. And then when we get to heaven, we receive rewards and we're blessed. Wow, that's a good deal. Amen? God gives us a good deal. He blesses us here and also blesses us in heaven. Amen? So let's go through this again. Let's see if you got this. If we are faithful or dependable, in other words, we're full of faith, believing, doing, committed. If we are faithful, then God can trust us. If God can trust us, then he can use us. And if he can use us, he will, he will, he will bless us. Amen? Now, let's make it personal. If you will be faithful, then God can trust you. And if God can trust you, can use you. And if he can use you, then he will bless you. Thank you, Father, for this time today. I ask you, Father, that as I've shared this message with these people here, my dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, that they are encouraged, Lord, that they understand more about who they are in you. And that, Father, that I have moved them forward in life by your spirit and by your words of power. Not by me, but by you, Lord. I pray, Lord, if I've said anything that was amiss, that it's forgotten. But, Lord, the truth that I have spoken today, that it will help these people, help all of us, Lord, to be better Christians in your sight, to be used, Lord, because we know if we'll be faithful, Lord, that you will trust us. And if you trust us, Lord, then, oh, you will use us. And, Lord, if you use us, oh, Lord, then you will bless us, Lord. And it's with that heart that, Lord, we trust you and we serve you, Father, this day. And I give you praise for each and every heart here today that we would understand these things and live according to your commandments and your precepts, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.